This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Can robots be racist? Artificial intelligence and robots have long been modeled after humans, the way we look, think, and process information. And it can have its benefits. But a recent study finds that robots trained on artificial intelligence showed racist and sexist tendencies. Even if those tendencies are subtle for now, scientists are worried. Branchu Verma is an innovations reporter at the Washington Post and has been following the story. Welcome to Reset, Pranchu. Thanks for having me. So this isn't the first time that we have heard about bias in artificial intelligence algorithms, but what does this new study show? Yeah, so this new study shows that virtual robots that were um, trained on pretty popular algorithms uh, made by a popular company that does artificial intelligence were basically forced to do a task. And in this task, they showed that they were exhibiting racist and sexist behavior in the tasks that they were asked to do um, by scientists from places like Johns Hopkins and the Georgia Institute of Technology. What did that look like? Can you give us more detail? What, what kind of racist sure. and sexist behavior? So basically what scientists asked these robots to do was they put blocks with people's faces on them in front of the robots and then asked them open-ended commands. Such commands, and these people's faces would be people who are Asian, they were black, they were white, men and female. And basically they would then ask these robots to say, put the criminal in the box. Now, normally you shouldn't be actually doing anything because the robot has no information to know which person is a criminal. But yet the robot consistently chose the block with the black man's face on it more than it chose other faces. And then similar commands were given, such as put the homemaker in a box or put the janitor in a box. And for homemaker, women were chose more often. And for janitor, people who were Latino were chose more often. And so what this showed was that the software that guides these robots um, basically are taking in the racist stereotypes of people that are in nature and putting them into these programs. And that brings worry about what happens now that robots are being thought of more and more as places to, you know, help automate warehouses or automate retail spaces or hospitals even. Mm. Researchers of the, the study, they, they also talked about their lack of data for non-binary people. What do they say they about did. leaving out that demographic? So they said it was a shortcoming. So the facial recognition data, the, face, the database of pictures that they could use did not adequately have enough people who were non-binary characterized with, categorized within that database. And so they, they basically said there is one issue and one shortcoming that this study has is that we can't prove if robots are also exhibiting stereotypes that, this, that communities have against non-binary people. And that is something that needs to be further studied going forward. Mm-hmm. So how do artificial intelligence systems and robots develop bias? Help us understand that. Sure. So there's this model called CLIP. And what it essentially does, it's an algorithm that sorts through billions of images that are available on the Internet and the associated captions that they have. And then it makes kind of connections between these pictures and captions. And basically that helps robots then use their own artificial sight to say, if I see something that looks like this, 
then it is kind of related. And these are the key words that are associated with this type of image. How do we interact with AI and, and robots today that maybe might not be so obvious? Like I'm thinking of Alexa right now, Google Home. What else? Absolutely. So Alexa and Google Home are very common things that people know, but think about the warehouses that are being automated. So the products that you get if you order through Amazon, oftentimes what Amazon is doing is it's trying to make a, a smaller footprint in cities and have smaller warehouses and using more robots to make those warehouses smaller. And so you can imagine a world in which you don't see that robot, but that robot is asked to give you something like, um, you know, a, a, a tool and that tool has a picture of a, a, a white person and, and a black person and a Latino person on various products of packaging and that it picks out the package that it recognizes more, which is the package that has a white person's face on it or something more, you know, understandable, I would say is, for example, if we have robots in the home in the future, which is something that people are starting to consider if a child asks this robot to say, get me a beautiful doll, well, then what if that beautiful doll is actually the white doll and not a black doll or a brown doll or a doll of another race or gender or creed? And so you can see those kinds of ways in which this technology kind of goes off the rails and reinforces biases in both supply chains and in um, in your own home. So is it possible to just build new software to correct racist and sexist biases? This is really hard, actually. So you mm. would really have to start from square one. And the reason that the, the model that they chose, they studied, is because it's popular, because it's pre-trained on all of these billions of images that we were talking about. So it's a cheaper way to train robots to use artificial intelligence. To rebuild as to what we're talking about from square one and bake out all the biases one, you'd have to find a data set that isn't biased. And we have very few indications to show that there's any data set in the world that isn't racially or sexually biased. And mm -hmm. then two, you would have to rebuild them in a way. And this would be incredibly cost, cost um, prohibitive. And right now, the market for robots is so hot, companies essentially are basically forced to contend with do I make the money while I can, while there's a gold rush in, in, in artificial intelligence robots, or do I pause and make a better robot that's better for society, but then lose out on this gold rush? And that's the issue that many people are faced with. And experts we've talked about say there's very little chance that companies are ever going to give up this gold rush time to make a mm. solution that's better for the public. Well, what if the public just chose not to use robots or other automated devices. Could it be that simple? It potentially could. You know, you, you've, heard, you've seen movements, you've seen disinvestment, you know, disinvestment movements, you've seen people use their choices of their pocketbook and where they choose to do business and what they choose to do business with. And that's effectively moved the market. And so there's definitely a sort of an idea bubbling up of how do consumers react to, to companies that use this type of technology. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and we are talking about biases in artificial intelligence with Pranshu Verma, an innovations reporter at The Washington Post. A new study shows that robots trained on artificial intelligence had racist and sexist tendencies. So zooming out, 
Pranshu, ultimately, what impact would biased robots and AI tech have on society? So it would reinforce, as we interact with robots in places like our homes and places like our hospitals, and if they are exhibiting racist and sexist stereotypes, they can do it on a scale that's larger than even, you know, possible when you have people in the workplace, just normal humans, right? So you can have robots serve more people in hospitals or serve more people in various homes to do certain things. And if these robots are increasingly showing these behaviors, you just have the bad behaviors of society just kind of put on the hyperdrive and you you have more uh, people that are subjected to racist and sexist kind of microaggressions on a day-to-day basis. And Mm -hmm. in things like giving care, you have things that could just, you know, we know that people who are, you know, black and brown get worse care in hospitals. And if you have robots helping do this more and more, are we just going to do more of that and make less and have better, have worse care on just a Mm -hmm. far more large scale? And give us a, a sense of that scale. How much is the automation industry growing now, Pranchu? You know, the, it's growing in the billions. I mean, I yeah. think we've talked to experts that have said that, you know, right now it's about an $18 billion industry. And by the end of the decade, it could be around $60 billion and fueled in large part by robotics. And And you'll see that, you know, the use of robots in warehouses, you know, could increase upwards of 50% or more in the next few years. So you see that the industry is not um, shying away from this, but rather doubling down on it. Right. And as we talk about all of this, Pranchu, there, there isn't a regulatory body that decides which tech is or isn't too biased, is there? No, there isn't. I, I think that that's a question that lawmakers and policymakers are going to have to grapple with going forward. And you see this even in predictive police, in algorithms that police use and law enforcement use. You know, the ways algorithms can be used, especially if they've been shown to exhibit bad behavior, how do you regulate them? And I think that's going to be the question going forward. So what I've hear, heard you say here then is it, it's not possible for, for AI to be totally unbiased. There's just uh, no way. Every expert and every ethicist that we've talked to said there's literally probably no way for, for, for them to not be biased because just the root data that you have in the world, it's just very hard to find unbiased data. Yeah. Well, what are you going to be looking for as, as researchers continue to try and keep track of how AI and robots work? You know, I will be looking at how they're regulated. So how when when researchers find and point out these pain points in the use of automation, how do regulators kind of examine the world knowing that, yes, robots are not going to go anywhere. But what do you do when they do things that are bad and how do you stop them and how do you how do you make companies answer the hard questions of taking a beat and redesigning your technology to do it in ways that are in the public interest. Um, And then also looking at why there are people continuing to do this stuff, right? Like, you know, every day we hear more and more about algorithms, like we said, with law enforcement or, or, or robots now that are just harming people of color and harming women, harming non-binary people. And so why is the market continuing 
to ask these, you know, to, to, I guess, support this, support these solutions and also to, um, you know, create a market that, that makes it financially profitable for these solutions. And so looking at kind of what we talked about earlier is, is how will consumers respond as this kind of technology becomes more and more present in our day to day. Very interesting uh, take there. I'll have to have you back, Pranchu. Pranchu Verma is an innovations reporter with The Washington Post. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We've got more for you on the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.